Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Imbibe from Imbibe Magazine. I'm Paul Clark, the executive editor of Imbibe. It's late May, and we're closing on a Memorial Day. We're ready to kick off summer, and this summer is going to be very different from summers past, especially last year's. Across the U.S., as vaccination numbers rise and COVID numbers fall, states and counties and cities are reopening for business at one level or another. If you're a reader of Imbibe and a listener of this podcast, then I'm guessing that bars and restaurants and cafes were an important part of your life in the years before COVID. And you're probably hoping to get back to this kind of living soon, when the situation feels safe enough and stable enough. It's been a terrible 14 months or so for many restaurants and bars, but they're looking at this light at the end of the tunnel, too. For this episode, we wanted to get in touch with the veteran bartender and bar owner to share his story about the year that's passed and the future to come. So here's my chat with Kevin Diedrich, owner of Pacific Cocktail Haven in San Francisco, and of Kona's Street Market, which was on our Imbibe 75 list of places to watch for 2020, and which he went ahead and opened in the midst of the pandemic. podcast for a few reasons. You know, first off, you're no stranger to readers of Imbibe. We've been happy to share your recipes over the years and your newest place, uh, Kona Street Market, was in our Imbibe 75 places to watch back before COVID screwed everything up. <laughs> but also, you know, <laughs> we, we wanted to share some of the stories of bar owners and bartenders who've made their way through the COVID crisis, especially now as we see the pandemic in its late stages and starting to recede in the United States and cities and businesses start to open up again. So to put things in perspective, uh, let's just start at the beginning, like in March of 2020, when the shutdown first happened, what did that mean for you and your staff at PCH? And how did you plan your way forward until you could resume, you know, business at some level again? How did you kind of get through those, that first stage of it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question, Paul. I mean, um, we, we all had no idea what was going on. You know, we, we all thought it was going to be like two weeks. So we kind of, I talked to my partners and I, I talked to the bar team. We had just, I think the last day we operated was a Sunday because we had normal service on Saturday. I guess the city was announcing Monday we we're going to all close down. So I I, uh, I decided to bar to bartend by myself on a Sunday just to, you know, raise some funds for the team and um, try and see what was going to happen. And we actually got ended up getting completely murdered that night, um, which was nice. And then we... Monday happened and we're all just scrambling, trying to figure out what the news was, what the next step was, you know, um, we're going into shelter in place. So we're listening to what ABC had to say or the Liquor Board Commission, Department of Health and the city in terms of what was essential. So it took us a couple of days to listen to the new rules saying that like restaurants were essential. And if you're doing, if you're selling food, with cocktail, you were able to to stay open and sell cocktails or whole bottles of your booze in your inventory. So I started off just selling. I think there was two days that I wasn't doing anything. Um, I went to the bar and started like like uh, redoing the bar top, doing some tra- projects around the bar, trying to figure out what the while waiting for the city to tell us what we was going to do. Um, so I ended up just I opened up my inventory and started selling bottles. Some of the bottles we I'd been selling stuff for about five years. So we had a good collection of American whiskey and, and some isoteric bottles. Um, so I was able to sell a bunch of those bottles 
while kind of waiting to figure out what our next step was. And the first step was trying to figure out a food partner since um, they deemed all 48 licensees, which is just means in the city of San Francisco, if you have a 48 license, you, you aren't required to sell food. Um, so usually in, in the days, 48 licenses are, are an asset because there's more, there's more margins in just selling alcohol than having a kitchen and food. At this point, it wasn't uh, a benefit to us. So uh, I tapped on a good friend, our, our friend uh, Francis Ang, who has a Filipino papa called Panoa Heritage. Uh, we partnered with him up tons of times in the past. And we were like, hey, this, we're in this predicament. I want to continue kind of pushing and keeping PCH forward and creating some money and be able to continue paying for our team's health benefits and kicking some money to them. So we parted with them and ended up uh, starting to sell food out of their package food and we'd sell these meals to everybody. So kind of pivoted to selling meal boxes to everybody and then also uh, supplying food and meal, meal boxes to industry. Um, we told a lot of people and just posted that bartenders, it didn't matter if you're a bartender, if you're a front of house, if you're back of house, if you needed a meal, just reach out, no questions asked, we'll feed you. Um, so we did that for, for a couple months, uh, we can continue to do it for the whole, for the whole time during the pandemic. But that was kind of the immediate pivot was was just to do to go cocktails and food boxes. Um, and then as as it progressed, we were allowed to open up outdoor service, but still had to keep the food element, and then also jump through all these hoops and have all these forms from the Department of Health and get inspected by the DPH and serve in terms of like your social distancing product protocols. And then San Francisco created this thing called share spaces, which allowed you to serve alcohol outside. So you had to apply for these, and then you were allowed to start building parklets. So like I went all the way down, every time the city told you you're allowed to do something, but you had to do it this way. Um, I tried to stay on top of it and, and just no, like seamless. So I was like, you're allowed to build a parklet. So I went and grabbed a bunch of used, pallets and built a parklet myself and with some of the team members and I was like now we have a parklet so let's do this so we continued doing these things and pivoting as much as possible and jumping through every hoop that what they allowed us to to do and I remember seeing on social media you like you said you put a ton of work into building this parklet uh and a lot of the stuff that you're doing outside for this outdoor seating and you know for a while it seemed like that would be kind of okay or at least you know a good bridge especially you know like during summertime uh then a couple of things happened you know here on the west coast of course in late summer once we got into August and September uh the wildfires just brought this smoke that just coated you know just covered everything yes. from you know Canada down to the Mexico border uh including you guys including us up here in seattle and that you know for doing business outside that was obviously you know not optimal but also <laughs> california you know you, you guys entered your second wave and you had a second shutdown that came later in the year especially as you had been planning for the holidays and for your miracle outside pop-up yeah we had we had some really great momentum leading into you know i i specifically remember it was kind of like october that they're being starting to get lenient with outdoor service. There was also, I'm pretty sure they opened indoors. They opened indoors for almost two weeks in early October. Uh, and then everything spiked. And I mean, we had already planned that we were gonna open up indoors, but I I reached out to all our neighbors on Sutter Street and I ended up, we ended up building like three parklets that almost took up the whole block of Sutter Street. And then one of our neighbors had this courtyard so we started using the courtyard. We actually had more seats outdoors than we had indoors. We're coded for 48 and we had about 68 seats outside. And you would think that'd be absolutely amazing. But my experiment, I ran that was 
it was it cost us more money to have everybody outside because it took so much labor to to run down the street serve drinks run the food run the drinks have that have the the type of service and hospitality that we're accustomed to by by doing this and it and it, it failed miserably i mean we started losing a lot of money and then obviously uh we built out i spent i think i spent close to like twenty five thousand dollars putting roofs on all the parklets and building roof over this car yard and investing in miracle because i was like you know we're we're allowed to do outdoors let's do this the right way let's let's bring something awesome and special to the team and to san francisco and i was like this is something we all need and we only lasted, I think we only lasted eight days before they shut us back into the second shutdown, which was, which was pretty, it was a big bummer. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, you know, as we got into this year and, you know, there were some signs of optimism on the horizon. We started having a vaccine start to come out and, and better news ahead. In the midst of all of this going on, you were still putting work towards opening this second venue that you had been planning before COVID. How, how did you manage to, to continue working on that through the pandemic? And, you know, how did you have to reassess and reapproach the concept that you originally had in mind? Yeah, that's, that was, uh, I always call it like a, a bit of a blessing that we didn't open on time and we were so delayed because had we opened and then shut down immediately, um, it would have been a lot more difficult on a lot of us, you know, having to worry about uh, a staff of 10. I mean, I was already worrying about the the PCH team and, and having a lot of anxiety on, on their well-being and their financial stress and everything and, and trying to supply for them. Um, so it kind of was a blessing that we didn't open, but it was definitely it elongated the, the whole process because obviously when shelter in place went in, a lot of contractors weren't allowed to work. The city was very minimal in terms of the city permitting and stuff. So there was probably about two or three months that we we weren't allowed to to build anything, or it was very slow moving, um, just because of nobody wanting to go to work on these contractors. These these GCs had people that didn't want to work. So it was, you know, it, it took us a little longer to build it. Um, I I'm actually kind of. I think we're in a good place in terms of what happened because it allowed our staff to kind of segue into it now that we're open instead of just getting completely murdered off the bat it has allowed us to, to slowly build the culture slowly get the systems in place and everyone as the bartenders get accustomed to the to the area and the systems instead of just getting jam-packed really quick it's it's been a slow start for them um but it's definitely there's definitely been the hurdles of of opening something completely new while while well, it's been going on because we don't have that that financial district uh crowd which is you know Kona's is on third in market and a lot of our you know when we saw the location and, and picked it was because it was two two blocks from Moscone and it's like right right smack in the center of downtown and we we're we were planning all our projections we we're planning to make money from two to six you know <laughs> you make your your like your nugget from two to six p.m. get a jam packed with these these businesses and now it's you know, we've turned into it's very slow coming right now and it's like we've got some neighborhood people in and some hotels around us um but it's not it's definitely not what i expected and we've had to to kind of redo our model and kind of redo the labor in terms of who's working the hours and everything and and still kind of feeling out those sweet spots of everything but um it's definitely it's it was a hurdle in, in it in itself you know pch burning down monday and rio and opening uh, Kona's on Thursday was was a very odd week for a lot of well, us. Well, I, I was I was going to mention that because I mean you know in the midst of all of this because nothing ever comes easy apparently. Uh, as you're opening the new bar, your your flagship PCH catches on fire. Yeah, that was um, you know it's 
it's it is it's still a difficult thing for me to wrap my head around you know it's you know one of my friends was like oh it's just like the trade of the the trade of life you know something something must go for for something to live on and i was like i don't know i don't know if really i agree with that but um you know i i we wanted to push forward you know uh pch was a lot of work and uh you know i i look at it right now and i you know it's hard for me to think that it's it's not fair that you know we worked so hard for all 2020 the team and everyone uh, to keep PCH face forward and and be in the public eye and, and help and uh, to lose all that momentum just from a fire was was sometimes is it's hard for me to register. And that week I was you know my partners came to me and everyone was just like, do you still want to open Kona's on Thursday? And I was like, absolutely yes. Like there's no way I'm not going to let anything control this this destiny destiny of us opening. I was already dead set on Thursday and I was like, we're going to do it no matter what. You know, and I wanted everyone to know that we're we're not going to let these things, these uncontrollables take us down. And I wasn't I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole of negativity and and feel bad for ourselves or feel bad for me. Um, and I was like, this is something we need. This is something that the team needs uh, and we need to be resilient and, and show examples of, of what we're able to do. Right. And so here we are. It's, it's May of 2021. On a federal level, we're seeing changes in terms of CDC recommendations for vaccinated people. On a state and a city level, we're seeing steps toward resuming normal operations. Where do things stand now for you and your bars in San Francisco? And how do you anticipate this playing out in the weeks and, and the months to come? Yeah, I mean, wow, it's, you know, the whole year, all of 2020 and continuing to this is that there's no way to make the projections on, on anything. You know, right now, currently, Conan's is, is open and we do, we might do like a $500 day and then the next day we do 2,500 and the next day we do 700 and the next day we do 3,000. So the, the business is so uncontrollable and unpredictable right now. It's It's really hard for us to forecast the next week. And with the looming and pending, what Governor Newsom is saying, everything opening up on the 15th, everyone's starting to jump this gun of opening. But as, as we know in San Francisco, what the state level says doesn't necessarily translate to what the city or counties have to do, because uh, everyone's up to the up to their own, to, to the will of their own mayor and their own county. Uh, and we already heard from, from Mayor Breed that she doesn't plan on opening everything on June 15th, and she's going to wait a couple, couple months or a couple weeks. So I think which is, you know, a lot of us have a, a lot of opinion on that. Um, I think if we've made it this far, what's more, what's another couple more weeks and what's a, what's another month? I think we're all chopping at the bit. We have this fatigue of, of wanting to open and, and seeing other states. You know, you see Miami, you see Texas. I was just in Austin and, and everything's booming. You hear stuff about LA and I think we get a very kind of like FOMO and jealous of, of like, why can't we do it? Let's just do it kind of thing. Um, but I think we still just need to be kind of methodical and and be safe about what we're doing in terms of our guests, in terms of our teams, and financially responsible for our businesses. Um, so it's just uh, I think just being patient, <laughs> patient is gonna is what's gonna win this battle. And now you know while PCH the place is still getting ready to get back on its feet, you've taken it on the road through a series of PCH pop ups uh, that are going to continue through June throughout California and into Las Vegas. The recently vaccinated are really enthusiastic about getting back out and enjoying themselves and supporting bars like yours. What should they be looking for at one of these events? And and you know for people who live in one of these areas, what should they know about the PCH pop ups? Yeah, so um, it's great. I mean, you know, I, I told I tell everyone, I told the team, we're in this very unique position with PCH. I mean, of course, we're we're very sad and bummed that we lost the, the brick and mortar, and it's going to take a very long time for it to to get rebuilt. But we're in this cool position that 
allows us to take PCH wherever we want and not worry about the operations of a brick and mortar. You know, it's kind of the opposite of people starting with pop-ups and then going on with the brick and mortar. And we're now reverse engineered going from a, a brick and mortar into a pop-up phase. And, and having that kind of built-in loyalty and these gangbuster PCH diehard guests that we have um, that'll come to, come to our pop-ups. You know, the first week was kind of an experiment amongst ourselves to see how much work and it is a lot of work and, and see what the turnout was for us. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, the turnout is great. It keeps the team very busy. Um, so I was like, let's, let's plan out June. So we've got a, I went, I went for, I was very ambitious for June. We've got Fresno, Sacramento, San Jose, one pop-up in Sacramento or SF just to kind of keep it local. And then we're going to, to Las Vegas. Um, so there's definitely a, a lot of travel and a lot of logistics that we have to figure out for it. But I think as as we move from county to county, um, things are opening up more and more. You know, I already talked to like Sacramento and Las Vegas and Las Vegas, I think is like full on swing right now. So everyone's been warning us. They're just like, you know, by the time you come to our town or a city, it's going to be 100 percent capacity. And we're all like, I mean, we're all for it. So we're, we're excited to to see everyone and and have the opportunity to go to smaller markets and and um, go to the people that have always come into, come into us and come into our brick and mortars that has an opportunity to go and, and share PCH with them without them having to come see us. Um, and a lot of our, a lot of our pop-ups are charity driven. So the whole week of the pop-ups we did in May all went to Muttville. We're in the process of selecting our, our charity of choice for the June pop-ups where a percentage of the cocktail sales will go to uh, the charity of our choice. Um, so we're trying to give back to a lot of the community and a lot of the businesses and, and the guests that have supported us through 2020. And we're so generous to, to our GoFundMe and, and to send us money and, and the words of support when PCH burned down. So I think it was very important to us and for me um, to give back to everybody, even though we're in this really weird position, but um, I, I expect everyone to to have some fun and and deli- have some delicious cocktails and and hopefully get to, to see our team. It's fun. Well, the team is very excited because I say after all this, you know, after July or August, how long we do this is they're going to be we'll be, we'll be ready for anything he's going to throw at us. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us and, and for chatting with us for this. Um, I'm I look forward to being back in San Francisco and checking out Kona's for myself and eventually coming back and and enjoying uh, the new revamped PCH. Yes, yes. Uh, we look forward to seeing you, Paul, especially in when everything's opened up and we can be maskless and smile and actually make genuine eye contact. Right, right. I'm looking forward to that. Visit PacificCocktailSF.com to find out more about upcoming PCH pop-up events and for a link to Kona Street Market. That's it for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform to keep up with future episodes. And check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest for day-to-day insight into Imbibe. And if you're not already a subscriber to the print and or digital issues of Imbibe, then let's change that. Just follow the link in this episode's notes and we can help you out. I'm Paul Clark. This is Radio Imbibe. Catch you next time.